Welcome everybody back to another chapter of Keeper of Lost Cities. We are reading chapter 6. Um, it is a pretty short chapter. Thank you to my brother for reading the last chapter, chapter 5. I hope you guys enjoyed him reading. Here we go. Last night, Sophie dreamed the Kiba elves were holding her hostage until she perfected all their cookie recipes. Then she told them that she still liked Oreos better and they tried to drown her in a vat of fudge. She woke up in a cold sweat and decided to, uh, decided sleep was overrated. When the morning came, she took a quick shower and threw her best jeans and shirt she'd never worn. Buttery yellow uh, with brown stripes. Hey, that's Charlie Brown. Oh my God, that's Charlie Brown. <clears throat> that's awesome. Charlie Brown has, like, a yellow shirt with brown, like, zigzag stripes. Three zigzag stripes. Oh, that's so cool. Um, it was the only item in her closet that wasn't gray. And she'd always been too self-conscious to wear it. But the color brought out the gold flecks in her eyes. And today, she would see fits again. As much as she hated to admit it, she wanted to look good. She even clipped a part of her hair back and toyed with the idea of lip gloss. But that was going too far. They snuck downstairs to check outside for him. She crept into the front yard, blinking to keep the falling ash out of her eyes. The smoke was too so thick it stuck her, it stuck to her skin. Seriously, when were they going to get the fires contained? Looking for someone, the next door neighbor asked from his perch in the middle of the lawn. Mister Forkel could always be found there. Uh. Re rearranging hundreds of garden notes into an elaborate uh, tablux. I think tablux? I think that's what it is. No, she said, hating how nosy he was. I was checking to see if the smoke was any better. I guess it's not. She coughed for added effect. His beady blue eyes bored into hers. And she could tell from his thoughts that he didn't believe her. You kids, he grumbled, always up to something. Mr. Forkel loved to start sentences with the words, you kids. He was old and smelled like feet and always uh, and always complained about something. But he was the one who called 911 when she fell and hit her head. So she was obliged to be nice. He made a no my fraction of an inch to the left. You should get back inside before the smoke gives you another one of those Headaches, you're always. Loud yapping interrupted him, and a ball of fur with legs streaked up the sidewalk, barking its tiny head off. A blonde guy in spandex jogging shorts chased after it. Would you mind grabbing her? Uh, grabbing her, he called to Sophie as the dog raced across the lawn. I'll try. The dog was quick. But Sophie managed to stop on the leash with a clumsy lunge. She kneeled, stroking the uh, wild-eyed, panting creature to calm her down. Thank you so much, the guy said as he ran up the path. As soon as he drew close, the dog growled and strained against the leash, barking like mad. She's my sister's dog, he, he shouted over the noise. She hates me. Not my sister, the dog. He added and held out his hand, displaying several half-moon bite wounds. 
fresh and uh, that were fresh and still bleeding. One was so deep it would definitely leave a scar. Sophie picked up the trembling dog and hugged and hugged her. Why was the dog so afraid? I don't suppose you'd be willing to carry her back to my sister's house. It's just a few blocks away, and she seemed like you, and she seems to like you better than me. He winked. Uh, for one of the, his, he winked one of his piercing blue eyes. She most certainly will not, Mister Forco yelled before she could open her mouth to answer. Sophie, go inside. And you, he pointed to the jogger. Get out of here right now, or I'm calling the police. The guy's eyes narrowed. I wasn't asking. I don't care, Mr. Forkel interrupted. Get away from her now. The barking grew louder as the guy moved towards Sophie. She could barely think through the chaos, but there was something in his expression that made her wonder if she was planning to grab her and drag her away. And that's when it hit her. She couldn't hear his thoughts. Even with the barking, she, she should have heard something. Uh, would Fitz have sent someone in his place? But if he had, why wouldn't the jogger say that? Why try to trick her? Before she could react, Mr. Forkel stepped between them, stopping the jogger's tracks. Mr. Forkel might be on the old side, but he was a large man, and when he straightened up to his full height, he made quite an intimidating finger. I mean, figure, not figure. They stared at each other. They stared each other down for a few seconds. Then he, then the jogger shook his head and backed off. Sophie, let the dog go. Mister Forco ordered. She did, as he said, and the dog raced away. The jogger growled at them both before he took off after. Sophie released the breath she had been holding. You're okay, Mister Forco promised. If I see him again, I'll call the police. She nodded, trying to find her voice. Uh, thanks. Mr. Forco snorted, shaking his head and grumbling something that started with, You kids. As he returned to his lawn gnomes, as he returned to his lawn gnomes, better get inside. Right, she agreed, moving up the path on shaky legs. As soon as the front door closed, she leaned against it, trying to make sense of the scattered questions racing through her brain. Why would that guy try to grab her? Could he be another elf? Fitz had, to, had some serious explaining to do whether he decided to make his next appearance. I mean, whenever. Okay. There was still no sign of Fitz when she got to school. And now she wasn't sure what, uh, what to do. He might be waiting for her to be alone before he appeared, but after the dog incident, she wanted a few eyewitnesses around, unless Fitz had sent the jogger to get her. It was also frustrating and confusing. She, uh, she headed for her class when the bell rang, lurking a few steps behind the other students. A hand grabbed her arm, pulling her into the shadows between the buildings. Oh, I'm joking. Sophie stopped her scream just in time when she recognized Fitz. Where have you been, she demanded, a little too loudly. Several heads turned their ways. Do you have any idea what I've been going through? Miss me bad, huh? 
he whispered, flashing a cocky smile. She felt the blood rush to her face and looked away to hide her blush. More like you left me alone with a ton of unanswered questions and no way to find it, find you. And then this guy shows up and tries and grabs me. Wait, what? What guy? I, I don't know, she said. Some creepy blonde guy tried to trick me into wandering off with him. And when I wouldn't, he looked like he was going to snatch me. But I wasn't sure because I couldn't hear his thoughts and I think it might be another elf. That was a very long sentence. Okay, slow down. Fitz swept his hair back. No one else knows you're here. Only my dad, and he sent me to get you. Then why couldn't I hear his thoughts? I don't know, he admitted. Are you sure you couldn't? She replayed the scene, trying to remember. There had been a lot of barking and growling, her heart pounding in her ears. She couldn't even remember hearing Mr. Falco's thoughts now that she thought about it, and she could always hear his. Maybe not, she said quietly. My guess is he was a human, and maybe his mind is just a little quieter than others. But we'll check with my dad. We'd better move, though. He pointed to a teacher who was eyeing them like she suspected impending mischief. We can't leap with people around. Leap, she squeaked as he pulled her behind the English building. I can't ditch class fits. They'll call my parents. And after yesterday, I think my mom might strangle me. This is important, Sophie. You have to come with me. Why? Just trust me. She locked her knees so she couldn't pull her any further. She could she couldn't keep disappearing at the top. Elf or not, she had a life here. And with cla- uh, with clashes she could fail and parents who could grab her. How am I supposed to trust you when I don't even know when you won't even tell me anything? You can trust me because I'm here to help you. That wasn't good enough. She, she, if he wouldn't uh, tell her what was going on, she knew how to find out. It was strange to willingly use her te- telepathy after so many years trying to block it. But it was the only way to find out where he was hiding. So she closed her eyes and reached for his thoughts the way he had the day before. The breeze brushed through her mind whispering, scattering pieces of information. Nothing she needed, though. But when she brushed it, pushed a little further, she found what he was hiding. A test? What am I being tested for? You read my mind? He dragged her deep into the shadow, shaking his head. Hard. You can't do that, Sophie. You can't listen to someone else's thoughts anytime you want to know something there are rules you've tried to read my mind without per- without my permission that's different i'm on assignment what's that supposed to mean fitz ran his hands through his hair which he seemed to do when he was frustrated it doesn't matter what matters is it could get you in a big trouble for it could get you in big trouble for invading someone's mind like that it's a serious offense the way he said serious made everything inside her scrunch and twist together. Really? She asked quietly. Yeah. So don't do it again. He stared. He started to nod, but a small movement at a nearby oak caught her attention. 
and she froze, her heart hammering so hard it drowned out everything else. It was only for a few seconds, but she could have sworn she saw the driver's face. He's here, she whispered. The guy who tried to grab me? Where? Fitz scanned the campus. He gestured towards the tree, but there was no one around. No thoughts nearby either. Did she just imagine it? Fitz pulled the silver pathfinder from his pocket and adjusted the crystal. I don't see anyone, but let's get out of here. We shouldn't keep everyone waiting. Anyway, who's everyone? My parents and the committee of our council. It's part of your test you heard me thinking about when you broke into my head. He shot her a sidelong vein, and she felt her cheeks heat up. Sorry, she mumbled. She never thought of telepathy as breaking in before, but she could see his point. His thoughts hadn't automatically filled in her mind the way they did with you. She shoved her way in and took them. She'd be furious if anyone did the same to her. She wouldn't make that mistake again. It wasn't like she was ever, she even enjoyed being a telepath anyway. Reading minds always cause way more problems than it took. Fitz took her hand and moved into the sunlight. Ready? He asked as he held up the pathfinder. She nodded, hoping she couldn't feel the way her arms shaked. Her arms were shaking. Can you tell me what the test determines? He grinned, and his eyes locked with hers. Your future. That is the end of chapter six. I hope you enjoyed. Have a nice week, everybody.